And you're listening to Sorry, I Was Homeschooled. How's it going, Miss Suzanne? It is going okay today. Too cold. Other than that, it's been pretty good. Okay, now here's my question. How cold is too cold in Tennessee? Because I'm up here in Iowa now, so my standards are a bit different. Absolutely no. 40s, and I've got the fire going downstairs, (gasps) and I will be honest, I was not pleased to have to leave the fire. But it's okay. It's worth it. I'm sorry, 40s Fahrenheit is too cold for you? Yeah. You know, sometimes I do miss Tennessee. Exactly. (laughs) Because here here it's like, okay, if it's below zero, then maybe consider staying inside. And that's zero Fahrenheit. Yeah, that's just (sighs) wrong. In my view, that's wrong. If you can't grow citrus, I have no use. I just have no use. Too far north for you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, man. Oh, well, I like to visit, but that's it. Yeah. I do like it here. I do like it in the, in the far north of, of Des Moines, Iowa. But uh, there are definitely some things that I miss about Tennessee. And that's, uh, that's probably one of them is that it never <laughs> never gets as cold down there as it does up here. Yeah, that part is absolutely wonderful. Absolutely. And so, Laura, you were instrumental in choosing the title of this Mm -hmm. podcast. So the first question I have is, what the heck were you thinking? Why did we choose this? (laughs) Sorry, comma, I was homeschooled. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is that occurred to me is that because— I was homeschooled, right? And you were not homeschooled. You homeschooled your kids, but you yourself were not homeschooled. Correct. So so the title of this podcast is not something that you've ever had to say, probably. That's fair. Absolutely. Never. Absolutely. Yes. But in my life, as somebody who did grow up homeschooled and now as an adult in the big, bad, scary outside world, ooh, um, it is something that I have to say when somebody brings up what might be a universal experience or a pop culture reference or just an assumption that I have some knowledge or some experience that... um. Most people probably have. Um, I found myself saying, "Sorry, I was homeschooled." <laughs> in oh my word! Okay, that so that's kind of horrifying to a homeschool mom to hear. Well, mm, I probably shouldn't say that. Horrifying. It doesn't horrify me. Okay, but but it does make me go really seriously. Okay, sure. so that is a fascinating thought. Yeah, I'm going to have to process that, Laura. Not kidding. It, it, it's it's like, sorry, I was, I, I get it. I get what you're saying, but it's hard to comprehend from my view because I guess I just don't think maybe, okay, here, sh- here goes my homeschool hat, okay? I 
don't think the things we missed were that horrible to miss. And now you're going to correct me, please. Oh, oh, no, no, no. I, actually, that's kind of the the thing is that, um, you know, I, I did go to public school for a couple of years, but most of my, more than half, definitely, of my K through 12 schooling was homeschooling. And um, so sometimes it is like a, oh, I'm sorry, I can't relate to your childhood trauma of being bullied and slammed into lockers mm-hmm. and have having your head shoved down toilets. Gotcha. Um, okay. But yeah. most most of the time, I think it is, um, it's kind of a, a joke or it's kind of a just not relating to the public school experience because people assume that you went to public school. And may I say I'm thrilled to say I went to public school for 12 years. I never was thrown into a locker. Actually, we didn't even have lockers and wasn't bullied. So I'm thrilled with that. But that is definitely, you know, a thought that a lot of parents have when they choose to homeschool. So I would love to back up just a little bit um, and say, okay, hi. (laughs) I am Suzanne, like Laura said, and really um, in Middle Tennessee, and Laura and I knew each other through homeschool. Mm -hmm. So she and my daughter were homeschooled together. Uh, When I say that, I mean homeschooling at the same time, going to some of the same classes. Wait, 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 classes? uh, I, I thought that homeschooling meant that you're chained to your kitchen table all day and you can't leave the house. Only if you want me to go nuts. Mm, that yeah, would yeah. be, and in fact, part of the laugh about homeschool amongst homeschoolers is, seriously, we're never at home. Yeah. And so that always was a little bit of a joke with us. But, um, but that's what Laura and I have had so many interesting conversations and so many different things that uh, Laura actually encouraged us to come together with a podcast and consider talking about some of the things that, oh, some of the misconceptions, some of the true conceptions, you know, just some of the different things with it. Well, because there are a lot of stereotypes, and some of them are true. Bingo. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, some of them are not true, and then some of them are somewhere in between. Exactly. So, Laura, let's start. I mean, how long? You said you weren't always homeschooled. So can you take us through a little bit of that? Sure, sure. So as I understand it, my parents chose to homeschool me uh, starting in kindergarten because they didn't think that I could sit still five days a week in a public school classroom. Gotcha. Um, And I think they were correct about that. Um, And so I went to a two-day-a-week tutorial, actually the same that you sent your kids to. Mm -hmm. But I was attending uh, different days of the week, so I didn't know you at that point um, or your kids. But um, yeah, I went to a a two-day-a-week supplemental school for kindergarten, first grade, second grade. Uh, Then I went to public school for third and fourth grade. Um. Oh wait. Okay. So yeah. Uh, hold on. So you were yeah. there until or through second, but then you went mm-hmm. to public school. Yeah, I did. Yeah, for third and fourth grade. Why the change? Um, what happened? 
You know, I think that, and you know, I wasn't the one making the decision and I was a kid, so I probably wasn't privy to all of the reasons for it. But as I understood it, it was so I could have a more well-rounded experience. Mm -hmm. And so I could have at least a couple of years of that more conventional schooling experience. Gotcha. Okay, that Um, makes total sense. So then you went. So you went into public school third grade. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and it was it was a pretty tough transition um, just because there were a lot of things – well, you know, I didn't know the kids because they'd all gone to school together um, through kindergarten, and I didn't know any of them. So I think that that was probably the toughest part. Um, I just – it took me a little while to adjust to that. Um, so third grade was a little rough. Fourth grade was pretty good. Um, and then went back to homeschooling for um, – fifth grade to the same two-day-a-week tutorial. And um, my sister, well, I don't know if it was specifically because of my sister, but my parents knew that middle school could be really rough for a Ah, lot of kids. And they wanted me to have an easier time specifically in middle school. Um, So that's why I went back to homeschooling in middle school, and that was a fantastic experience, and that's um, where I did go to classes with your daughter and how Mm -hmm. I know you. Um, Then I went back to public school for high school, and um, then had a a mild traumatic brain injury the summer before 11th grade, and ended up homeschooling, uh, going back to homeschooling in 12th grade, and then mostly just doing dual enrollment at community college because that was actually, weirdly enough, easier <laughs> than to try to continue to navigate the public school system with my um, with the accommodations that I needed into mm-hmm. 12th grade. Right. That makes total sense with that. And I think that brings out there are so many different reasons for homeschooling. Mm-hmm. So for us, I made that decision back when my daughter was about three, and she was my oldest oh, child, wow. mm-hmm. and made that decision because at the time I was doing some lobbying on pro-education things and sat across from some people who had power, I'll put it like that, and we were wanting them, the new research coming out was saying that phonics was a very good way for the majority of students to learn. Mm -hmm. Now, as people will learn as we go through this, I I have a child who is a neurodivergent learner. I mean, they do not Mm -hmm. learn the way that most people do. So with that... um, I want to say, not everybody learns anything the same way. I don't care what it is. Uh, But most people. And they sat around the table. We were asking that they put phonics into the teaching college to let it be a choice for continuing education. We weren't saying they had to do, you know, choose that or anything. Just that that be a choice. And a person looked at me and actually said, We know that is what the research is showing and that that is the best thing. However, we are not going to do it. Hmm. And that just floored me. Absolutely floored me. Yeah, Um, And at that point, I was like, "Mm, 
you know what? What you're telling me is you are not out for the best for my children, and I am. And so not going to happen. Not going to happen. Well, and it's it's funny that that phonics was... um, was the the topic of of discussion there because that is how I learned to read. Yeah. My mom used a phonics program to teach me to read. Actually, interestingly, also to teach my sister to read, mm-hmm. even though my sister uh, went to public school for most of her schooling. Um, but, and that was just, I really credit that with a lot of my reading skills. Um I really credit that with getting me off to a good start in reading. So yeah. um, that's just wild to me that um, that they would well, not want to. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and this was after sight reading had become the, the thing, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, we talk about fashion being trendy, but honestly, education is the same way. Oh, and sure. probably anything if we start really narrowing it down. But Oh, totally. Because sight reading was kind of the in way, um, even though that had already begun changing in California, we weren't quite ready to change it in Tennessee, and I wasn't quite ready to be told what was best for my child. Sure. Um, well, and did they, what were the reasons that you were given why they didn't want to? They did not go into it. They just said they were mm. not going to require. I think they didn't want to require the schools to have to have that as an option. And, mm. you know, when we're talking about education and educating educators, oof, I did not think that was valid. So right. that got me started when Veronica was three. That got me started researching homeschooling mm. at that point. And, uh, you know, ended up homeschooling for a good 20 years and loving it. Right. And for those who want to know, okay, my kids, like any kids, had varying degrees of being thrilled with being homeschooling, homeschooled. <laughs> Let me just say that. However, they all made it into colleges with scholarships. And so— right. For the skeptics that are listening in and going, uh, you, you know, oh, no, you, you know, gave your yeah. children a disadvantage. No, the kids were fine. Um, yeah, as was I, by the way. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, so that was the reason kind of I chose it. But now I was the adult. I was the mm-hmm. parent, right? So I got to choose for my children what they were going to do. So, Laura, question. Looking yeah. back, would you have chosen homeschooling if you had had a choice? Yeah, I think I would have. I am yeah. glad that I had a mix of homeschooling and, and going to public school because I think it was good to— um, get a little bit of exposure to a variety of environments. I also um, was able to do theater and choir to a much greater extent than I would have been able to if I was homeschooled um, because extracurriculars are available to homeschoolers, but only if you have the money to pay for it. And sometimes right. a, like a huge, well-rounded variety of extracurriculars can get pretty expensive if you're not going to public school. So that was a really great opportunity for me 
to be able to do things that I enjoyed at the public school. That said, um, I would say that I preferred being homeschooled. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of that was because of the freedom that I had during the day to kind of – I didn't feel pressured. I didn't feel rushed day to day like I did when I went to public school. Um, I felt like I was freer to be myself. Like um, even among my homeschool peer group, there was more acceptance of people being individuals and less of a conformist culture than I experienced going to public school, which is kind of, that might seem kind of funny to some people listening who are outside of homeschool culture who know that um, in America, homeschoolers often tend to be um, also involved in the um, conservative Christian culture, I guess you might call it. I don't know. The religious right, if you want to be real scare, (laughs) you know, fear-mongery about it. Um, and that's, you know, there's a conversation to be had about that, but in general, I felt like I was very free to express myself and be myself in a way that I wasn't when I was at public school. That's neat. And I have to say, that is something I like. I do agree with you. I feel like there was more, uh, more acceptance for variety, uh, you know, and even things that are a little bit uh, different. You know what I mean? A little more, um, I hate to say odd, but a little more odd. (laughs) And whether that's in people's choice of dress or, like I know one family that's wonderful, their kids got into fencing, and now Mm -hmm. they've won all sorts of international you know, awards and everything. And that's wild. You look at a lot of Olympic athletes end up being homeschooled in some way uh, just to be able to pursue that more strongly. Mm-hmm. Which is a bit of a different, I feel like that kind of goes into a different category when you mm-hmm. have like I agree. Act, child actors and child athletes. But in general, I think that it does demonstrate the point that when you have the freedom and flexibility, you can do more things that you're interested in doing. Yeah, I would agree with that. I really would. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is that is one of the things you liked about homeschooling. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's kind of funny because um, one of my jobs right now is actually working with kids at a public school. And I'm finding that... Um, When you're dealing with large groups of children, you kind of do have to um, tamp down their individuality a little bit sometimes because that's just how – that's just what you have to do if you want to keep a classroom running. Um, Now, I will say that when I experienced, like, groupthink or conformity – that that kind of culture at public school, that was more the kids than the teachers. Um, mm-hmm. But it was still not fun for me to be constantly told to sit still and be quiet because that was not my strength as a kid. Absolutely. Well, and that's what I had one child that, you know, them bouncing on the rebounder while 
they were learning their ABCs and some of their math things actually was so helpful. They were mm-hmm. kinesthetic. They were ADD. They needed that. And I think there's a lot for me about homeschooling. One of the things I liked is I was able to not just let the kids choose their interest per se, um, but also uh, to let them be at very varying places. And one of the things that I really liked was the fact that, you know, I had um, my daughter who was way far ahead in reading and English and various things Mm -hmm. about that. And then she was three years behind at one point in math. Now, she caught up, and we could go into the Harvard study that talks about kids catching up in math, but we won't do that right now. Um, But I really do think there was such a good, good part of of homeschooling that allowed us that flexibility to work with the student. Right. Um, and I love to that. not not be locked into grade level because mm-hmm. um I've been working in public schools for a few years and one of the things that really really frustrates me is when a kid is behind grade level and the school doesn't have the time or resources to get them caught back up. That's something that I saw a lot that just I really, really hated. Um, Because in the traditional schooling environment, not just public school, but even even private school, you're locked into grade level. And you've got a class of kids, and they're all moving together. And with homeschooling, you have the freedom and flexibility to use uh, one book um, for math and another book for science and and another curriculum for reading and just kind of tailor it to the kid and what the kid needs. Exactly. No, I totally agree. There were so many things like that that I loved about homeschooling. And I would say in the younger years especially, but the truth is, in the older years as well, when children began, or students, I should say, even began to um, pinpoint where they really, really thrived. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so if you had somebody, and also, you know, if you have a someone like one of mine who was dyslexic, you can do audio, audible. You could do audiobooks. Um, there are just so many ways, so many flexibility, I think, is a huge part of what I loved about homeschooling was just the flexibility. Yeah, it's it's funny because I didn't experience the uh, high school years of homeschooling because I, I wasn't homeschooled in high school. Right. Except for that <laughs> dual enrollment year, which I kind of don't, like, it was technically homeschooling, but it was basically started college early. <laughs> Um, but I think we've kind of touched on this, but what are some of the untrue stereotypes and the misconceptions that we hear about homeschooling? Because one that you touched on is like, oh, people, people might assume that my kids didn't get a quality education and that they wouldn't be able to get into college, but all three of your kids are either in college or college graduates. 
and um, I was able to get scholarships and I currently have a bachelor's. Um, so how would you speak to that misconception? Yeah, I, well, okay. Gosh, and, and this is so funny because I think the biggest misconception in my view is that all homeschoolers are alike. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you said that because I was going to say that if you didn't, because you right. absolutely can give your kids a poor education if you homeschool. Exactly. You but are there ones who don't? Right. <laughs> um, and, and so that's my biggest thing is that you can't put all homeschoolers together and say, this is what a homeschooler is. There are various types of homeschoolers. Um, some I disagree with. Some I agree with. Um, so I think that's the biggest misconception, Laura. Um, and then, well, you know, and go ahead. Oh, how, how are they going to be socialized? How are they going to have any kind of social interaction if they're just, like I said, chained to the kitchen table all day? Yeah, and that's another misconception. I mean, mm-hmm. I, you know, I need a bumper sticker that says, if I'm homeschooling, why am I never at home? Yeah. Um, Oh and gosh, you touched yeah. on part of the reason. I mean, they're, they're, you know, you're having to seek out for your children every opportunity for the things they're interested in. So if we're doing piano or if we're doing art, we may be doing it. Like we did a co-op, not a co-op, but a tutorial. Mm-hmm. And we can get into those differentiations later if you want. But oh, we can we can get into it right now. I think the main difference is that a tutorial has hired teachers and a co-op the parents are teaching, or am I incorrect yep, about that's that? That's it. And so, and okay. sometimes with a co-op, usually it is. It's just you swap off. Sometimes there's a little bit of a feed to the teacher, not always, especially not if all the parents are teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, with the tutorial we went to, it was great because they actually did offer art and drama. Right. Um there was no music when we were there, but they offered kind of a core curriculum plus art and drama, and you could opt into the art and drama and pay a little extra. And, you know, they went two days a week from, gosh, Laura, nine to three? Yeah, I mean, basically regular school hours, but um, started a little bit later than public school, which was nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, it was. So the other common misconceptions is that all, um, you know, goes around what we call unschooling, which is the theory that your children completely are allowed to uh, direct their schooling, and so um, there's not a lot of formal education. I did not do that because I felt like it was important for my my children to learn to work within a school setting, um, you know, to learn to sit and to eventually. Extent, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, and that's, that's kind of what happened with me is that when I was little, little, I couldn't sit still very mm-hmm. well. But, you know, when you get older, your brain <laughs> develops more of a capacity to control your impulses. Exactly. And then I think, you know, that all homeschoolers are, um, you know, wear jean jumpers and have 20 kids. Um, Definitely not true in our cases. (laughs) Yeah. But um, there also is an interesting connection between um, 
evangelical conservative Christians and uh, homeschooling in the U.S. Not to say that every American homeschooler um, is an evangelical Christian and does vote Republican, but it is there is a lot of overlap. A lot of homeschoolers do fit into that category. Absolutely. And I would say more did when we were homeschooling, Laura, than do now. Hmm. And in fact, it's been a big discussion within the homeschool community about, um, you know, the purposes of people homeschooling now. A lot of people um, now homeschool for um, some of them for safety issues, you know, concerned about violence in school. Uh, That wasn't as much of a thing back when we started in the 1990s. you know, and so there are others. Um, th- I think there are more reasons now, mm-hmm. in many ways, for homeschooling than there used to be. Sure, um, sure. Or post COVID, people were um, people pulled their kids out of school during COVID because they didn't want to deal with the virtual, the whole virtual thing, and yeah, then realized, absolutely. oh, we could just keep doing this. <laughs> Right. And, and to go back to your socialization, I don't, I don't know that we completely address that, but most homeschoolers are involved in various things outside of um, their families. And so, mm-hmm. you know, to me, I kind of laugh about the socialization thing. It just makes me right. laugh. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, um, it's either because for me, actually, a lot of that was at the classes that I went to, the the tutorial that I went to, um, to this day, my best friends are the friends that I made um, from my homeschool tutorial in middle school. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also a lot of people are involved in church. A lot of people are involved in community organizations, um, you know, with people are connected with their neighbors. Um, there are a lot of different ways to make friends besides just school. Um, but, you know, I do I do think that at the same time, it is easy to um, be sheltered and isolated as a homeschool kid. Um, and I think that there is some complexity and some gray area and some middle ground where, um, no, you're not locked in your house all day. You are interacting with other people. But at the same time, you might not be um, interacting with as broad a variety of people um, or right. even just sheer numbers, different, just, just as many people as you would um, if you were not homeschooled. Yeah, and that really brings up an interesting thing because when, um, <clears throat> as my kids got old enough to go, you know, to high school, the high school tutorials, um, really, you had some various um, thoughts on that. Uh, how inclusive should they be? What do they allow? What do they teach? Oh, uh, when really, you say inclusive, do you mean like, oh, what kind of children will I suffer my children to associate with? Absolutely. Well, oh, because yeah. you have some tutorials, and this is neither good nor bad. I mean, this is why we have private schools, right? And parochial, parochial yeah, schools. Yeah, parochial. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so some tutorials were, you know, very strong at that point. On uh, we want to have within our uh, within our school system, you know, the teachers either had to be Christian, and sometimes, you know, they really wanted a statement of faith from the students. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were other 
tutorials at the high school level that really wanted to open it up to whomsoever. Um, so that was a difference that began. I began seeing in the early 2000s um, with the tutorials, just what they wanted, you know, what they were asking when the students went in to have them interview, because most of them did have interviews going into the mm -hmm. high schools. Right. Not something I experienced, but something that I was familiar with because I had mm -hmm. friends who were still homeschooling at that time. Well, and I have to say, I think another common misconception is that all homeschoolers are Christians, because mm -hmm. that's not true either. I mean, once again, homeschoolers homeschool for a variety of reasons, and there are whole um, societies, you know, society of atheist homeschoolers, that kind of thing, um, mm -hmm. where that is not the case anymore, even though I think from my viewpoint and my experience, that was the majority of the reason it began to be popular in the United States. Definitely. I am learning, though, that there was always a more uh, secular strand of homeschooling, even in the early days, mm -hmm. um, that I previously didn't know about just because I wasn't part of that culture. Um, but I think that both of those strands, both the secular and the uh, Christian religious homeschooling, have always been there. Yeah, well, I was just wondering, I mean, I don't know if you've got any other common misconceptions that you want to bring up, but I'm really curious to hear from your viewpoint yeah. uh, what you feel like the homeschooling community was like. What is your perspective looking back? You're, what, 26-ish yeah. right now? Mm -hmm. 26. Okay. So looking back, you know, having now been out in the workplace and life, what, how do you view the homeschooling community that you were a part of? Yeah, you know, it's, it's kind of funny because I still do consider myself to be part of the homeschooling community in a way. Um, and... One of the reasons is because I somehow keep running into other people who were homeschooled. Um, somehow, I ended up living with a, a couple, um, renting a room from a couple who were both homeschooled growing up. And um, I find, you know, I'm still friends with um, the friends that I made in the homeschooling it, when I was homeschooled growing up. Um, and so I still, I'm friends with a lot of people who were homeschooled. So in that sense, I'm still connected with the community, but it's a different kind of community because we can kind of laugh about our past a bit more. And um, we probably have a bit more criticism of the way that we were raised than would be tolerated in the culture of parents who are currently homeschooling or even students who are currently still homeschooling. So Part curious. That, but, yeah. Okay, so. Well, yeah, jump in. Okay, I was going to say because I want you to be able to finish that, but I'm really yeah, no. curious since you also have been, you know, in high school, in a public school, would you say that there's criticism also in that arena? Or do you find that it's more unique to the homeschoolers? Well, I mean, I don't think that anybody in the U.S. thinks that our public education system is perfect. Right. Um, but because public school is the mainstream, 
you don't really hear a lot of people um, criticizing the mainstream or criticizing like, oh, I wish that my parents hadn't chosen to send me to public school <laughs> um, okay. in the same way that you might hear kids say or, you know, adult homeschool grads say like, oh, I disagree with a lot of the choices that my parents made or, oh, I'm really glad that I'm out of that culture. Um, because the spectrum of, of my homeschool graduate friends ranges from, oh, wow, that was the worst thing I went through to, oh my gosh, I'm so glad that I was homeschooled. I'm so thankful for all the wonderful things that it's given me and I wouldn't criticize a thing about it. Um, I do think that something that I, I talk about with all of my, um, homeschool, I guess I'll just call them homeschool grad friends. That works, yeah. Is um, that we all kind of laugh at how super political, like very, very steeped in conservative politics and conservative activism, um, our particular homeschool culture was. Yeah, and that's really, I think, a. we have to realize, too, I think, in that, and Laura, you know I'm always a big one on going, okay, where does that come from, right? What's the origin of that? Mm-hmm. And I think some of that is you have to really realize that in the 80s, um, it was really a big deal if somebody decided to homeschool. And I happen to personally know people who were threatened with jail time. If they continue to homeschool, you know, now we kind of take that that privilege for granted, that right for granted. But at one time, the people who felt really strongly that they needed to homeschool, whatever their reasoning was, it was a political issue. They yeah. had to become involved in politics in order to be able to do that. But was it specifically conservative at that time? I would almost say that at that time, you know, understand this was before the moral majority really took off, before um, conservative and Christian and Republican kind of became entwined. Mm -hmm. Uh, So this was actually before that. So I would suggest that whether or not the individual people attempting to homeschool were conservative, the actual movement itself was not necessarily considered conservative. It'd be fascinating to talk with someone about that. Yeah, see, that's kind of what I thought. Um, And so it is pretty fascinating that at least the— I can't speak for all of American homeschool culture, but, you know, I talk to people from different places— who were also homeschooled, and I kind of read stuff online, and it seems like there is a common thread where there is, where the conservative evangelical homeschooler is very much a thing. Yeah, well, and I would definitely say that's true now. Yeah. Even though, once again, I think that probably, boy, and I am not really involved in the midst of the center of homeschool anymore like I was when I was in it. My guess would be that that really peaked out in the 
earlier 2000s. Um, it and just by peaked like, out, you mean you mean like peaked out from behind the corner and showed its face, not peaked, not reached its peak and then reduced. Actually, because I think I it's think, still. Yeah, I, I know. think it actually did. Yeah, I actually think what? it probably did reach its peak as far as being involved in the conservative, uh, conservative political movement. And the reason I say that is because you now have more of a percentage of homeschoolers that are um, progressive, that are not Christian, that are doing it for other reasons, where I would suggest that in the 90s, it, it was a higher percentage. Oh, I see what you're saying. As far as numbers, yeah, I agree with you. But as far as the culture of conservative Christian homeschoolers, I wouldn't say that it's gotten less political. If anything, I'd say it's gotten more political from the things I hear. Yeah, I think it really depends on which stream you're in. Yeah. You know, I really, I, I think it depends. Are you in the, are you, because in my viewpoint, politics itself have become more polarized, right? Mm -hmm. I think we can pretty much all agree on oh, that. Yeah. yeah. And so I think that it comes from, if you are in a stream that is conservative, you're going full on out, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas before, maybe it wasn't that way. But I think yeah, there kinda, are that's more streams. What I mean. Yeah, I think there yes. are more streams now, though, that are not that. I agree with that. Well, you know what? Um, there's a lot of fascinating stuff here, and there's a lot of nuance to it. And I think that we'll have to save a lot of this for another discussion because we're coming up on our time. Uh, but I've been Laura, and you've been Suzanne, and this is all my life. Sorry, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And uh, you've been listening to Sorry, I Was Homeschooled. Hope to catch you next time.